Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Share the word this morning. Um, oh, what a blessing to be here together. Um, let's let's read from Romans eleven thirty six. Maybe let's just refresh it because I'm not sure. If it, okay, let's read it. Don't worry about the slides. I'm going to read it for us. Romans 11:36. For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. Amen. Father, we just consecrate this time in the Word to You, Lord. Yeah, and we acknowledge that from You and through You and to You are all things. And to You be glory forever. We just... Open our hearts to what you want to do in us this morning. We ask that you would impart life to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Everything in creation, everything around us has been created to worship God. Everything, and we see this a bunch of times throughout scriptures in different ways, but all of creation is there, has been created to to bring Him glory. Amen? And this, um, obviously, with all the difficult things we see around us and the reality of a broken world that we're living in, the reality of sin, the reality of evil, sometimes we lose sight of this. But this is the created purpose of every single thing that God has created, is to bring Him glory and to exalt His name and to worship Him. And inherently, in, in who we are, every person here, can you kind of, you know, take this personally? Say, I have been created to worship. Maybe just say that for a moment. I have been created to worship. We have been created to adore, to worship. We have inherently, whether we like it or not, whether we think about it or not, whether you're in church this morning or somewhere else, some ungodly place, doesn't matter. Whether you have, your relation, you have a relationship with Christ or not, whether you even think of yourself as spiritual or not, that doesn't change that our created purpose and inherently we are created to worship. We are created to, be, to adore, to be devoted to someone or to something. I mean, this is who we are. <coughs> And, the, and this is hectic because, like I said, we don't think about this every day. I don't wake up in the morning and look at myself in the mirror and say, you are a worshiper. You know, I, I don't, you don't want to psych myself up. It's, but this is inherently who we, God has created us to be. Um, and this is, this is a bit awkward sometimes because um, whether we think about it or not, whether we deliberate about it or not, even whether we're spiritual or not, this is true. <clears throat> and we, our lives are devoted 
to something or to someone. You know, you look across the news and you read about people devoting their lives to something. Sometimes it just baffles the mind. I don't know if you've come across this. Um, you see somebody that's, their whole life is devoted to something. For instance, somebody that's got this thing in their, their head, they want to climb Mount Everest. For some people, it takes 20 years or something. Preparation, money, training, stuff. They try a few times, they fail. It's lots of finances that goes into something like that. Have you, have you read stories like that? They've got this thing in their head and they devote everything they have to this endeavor. And there's a part of us that thinks that's amazing. <laughs> and I think if you think about it a bit longer, you think that that's not amazing. But there's a part of us that admires that because that's what we've been created to do. I mean, and obviously it's not only that. I mean, I was reading about base jumpers. David is very keen. Yeah, when he went, when he heard I did parachuting uh, when I was in the Air Force, he says, "When can I do it?" You know, so he's very keen on that. I'm not so against that. But then he said, what about these guys with the wingsuit that jump off high stuff? I said, no. I explained to him that the life expectancy <laughs> of a base jumper, I think it was seven years or something. Once you start base jumping, it's on average seven years. Maybe that's an old statistic. Maybe it's less now. But that's not, good. not a good statistic. Maybe at 90. Start it when you're 90. That's fine. Then you kind of even the odds out a bit. But... Uh, but you see guys that devote their lives to stuff like base jumping. Everything, their whole lives revolves around that. They, they have some odd job somewhere. Its only purpose is to earn money so that they can do something like this base jumping. And they, and they literally put their lives at risk every single time. And the statistics are not good. You know? <laughs> Maybe they don't believe in statistics. Anyway, but, um, but have you seen this thing? You see this thing that people devote everything to some cause or some person or some endeavor, or you read about a, a guy that has started from nothing and has devoted his life and he's built a company, global company, something like that. And, and often we're like, wow, that's impressive. But, but that, we see that around us. We see this tennis. People put everything into something and, and this is who we are. And, and now... The question is this morning, if, we, if I ask myself, what am I devoted to? What is the thing that is taking my heart captive to a place that I am pursuing this thing? Or person, or could be a family, could be a job, I don't know. And, and this is the thing, because we don't write it down somewhere, right? We don't think like that. We, we don't... Go through life and decide, you know what, I'm going to devote everything I have to my family. It's, when, it just, often it happens like that. When we come down a few years and we look back and we realize, sure, if, if I look at the way I've spent my money, if I look at the way I've spent my time, if I look at the way I've invested myself, this one thing kind of is the top of the list, all right? So that's my question for us this morning. What is that thing in my life? What is that thing that everything else is kind of a little bit less important? And when it comes to the crux, when stuff has to, when I have to, you know, sacrifice something, what is the one thing that will I never sacrifice? Amen? I remember one of our trips to India, 
We visited Varanasi. It's the holy city. It's like the Mecca of Hinduism. Uh, on the banks of the Ganges River. And Ganges and the, the river itself is a story for another day. Because that's just gross. But anyways, that's hectic. All the, all the holy cows and gurus, they get bodies get put in there. Because it's holy. It's a holy river. But anyway, I'm going to get distracted now. It's really gross. But, uh, but this city, is a, it's over 3,000 years old. And it's this spiritual hub of Hinduism. And literally every few steps that you walk, there's a shrine to some god, deity of some sort. It literally, I'm not exaggerating, every couple of meters you look, and there it is, some, a big, small, tiny, different sizes, huge. And, and when you walk in there, <laughs> I had been to India before, and I had experienced the heaviness and the spirit of demonic presence. But there, in that town, <laughs> like never before, it's like this big springbok uh, prop comes, sits on your chest. Just breathing just becomes more difficult. You know, it's, that's, that's what it felt like. Even physically, breathing felt difficult. And then we spoke to each other and we said, guys, we need to pray in the Spirit continually. And then as we were doing that, Breathing became more easier again. Hectic. Any case, and uh, um, I just remember maybe just a short thing before I continue. I remember feeling so depressed because I just saw all this idol worship around us and people in bondage, people doing weird rituals, people devoting their lives to these idols in desperation that somehow this thing would make their life better. And, uh, and we went across the river dodging a few corpses. And then we went to this like island sandbank thing on the river and we, so we could speak over the city. We worshipped there and we prophesied and prayed over the city. And I will never remember, I can never forget that um, I was like, Lord, what? This is so hectic. You know, how is it possible that this, how can this be turned around? And then the Lord just dropped this in my spirit. He said, the blood of Jesus is sufficient. The blood of Christ is enough. 3,000 plus years of idol worship, of, of sacrifices, the blood is sufficient still. I'll never forget that. Um... But what I came home with, one of the things, I remember coming back, and I, it was so in your face, all the places of worship, right? So in your face, so clear, so defined. This is with this guy, this deity is worship, the one with the many arms, and the, all the snakes, and the elephant one, and I can't remember all their names. I used to know some of them, so you can give them pakslā, you know, in the spirit. But anyway, so <laughs> I came back, and then I, the Lord said to me, the, the shrines at home, are not so obvious because you're so used to them. It's like, that's awkward. And then the Lord was showing me, we're driving, and then there's a shrine to Mammon. Huge banks, beautiful buildings. Then there's a shrine to the God of whatever, this worship, what the one we worship here at Loftus, you know. <laughs> but we have different shrines here. But we don't, we don't recognize them because they, we're so used to them. There's different shrines. 
different places of worship, different things we adore, different things we spend money and money and money on, different things we spend time on. But, so that's my question this morning. What is the thing that I, that you and I are devoted to? What is the, is, is there something outside of Christ that we are devoting ourselves to? And, uh, just actually, let me read from uh, Isaiah 43, 6 and 7. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone is called by my name whom I created for my glory. Whom I have formed and made. Whom I have created for my glory. Whom I formed and made. That is our created purpose. And then just in, just in terms of definition, um, worship is the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for fill in the blank, right? Feeling of exp- or expression of reverence or adoration. And then devotion, a love, a loyalty, or enthusiasm for a person or activity. <coughs> and we put those two together. It's quite a potent combination, Right? But we see that all around us. And you know, I mean, if you think of your own sphere of influence, you know people, we are devoted to something. Something is taking up most of our attention and our finances and our time. And our question, my question is this morning, what is taking that place in my life and in your life? What is taking that place? That perfect, that and, and to be honest, guys, the, our default setting, if before we look at all the shrines and the different things people devote themselves to, the default setting for a human being is the other trinity, the me, myself, and I trinity, right? That's the first default setting. If I'm not devoted to anything, then that's, that's the one. It, whatever is mine and... Me and mine, that's what I'm devo- That's a default setting of what, I, what we are devoted to. Are you, are you with me? That's the kind of standard response. Um, and if we, are, if we are outside of Christ, that's definitely the standard response. And in that, obviously, there's a whole diff- bunch of different expressions how that works. But mine and who I am and what, whatever belongs to me, that, which includes relationships and family and children, that's the default. We are devoted to that, right? Um, and the odd thing is, even among believers, I've noticed this, we have this thing, and this is a godly thing. I want to be a good dad. I want to be a good employee. I want to be an excellent employee. I want to be an amazing husband, right? These are all great aspirations. And, the, you know, the, God puts this thing in us that we want to be excellent. We want to glorify Him, Right? through these roles. But the hectic thing is, we pour ourselves into these roles so much that if you don't kind of keep the weights right and the balances and the priorities, then those things almost start to gain a place of importance in our lives that is is in more than Christ. That is, they, you know, come to a point where this thing, every, so much of, of my life is around this, my family or my job or whatever that thing may be or my combination of things that some, some way Christ kind of 
goes down on the list. And the crazy thing is, we don't often, we don't, like I say, we don't think about these things. I don't decide as a believer, this year I'm going to put Christ second and I'm going to worship my family. We don't think, we don't think like that. Okay. <laughs> but the crazy thing is, we, we sacrifice some of our relationship with God. We sacrifice things that are, that are non, you know, we, that are so essential because we want to be a good dad, we want to be a good father, are you, uh, husband. Are you with me? And the bad thing is, those things that we want to be, uh, that we want to flourish in so that God can be glorified, they will in turn actually suffer if our heart is not first with Christ. That's weird. There's this cycle. Because you know what? If I put my, my, my marriage before Christ, I'm not going to be a good husband. That's weird, eh? If I want to be a great dad... Christ must be first in my life. So this is like the, the almost the dichotomy that I want to be an excellent employee, but in it I put Christ second and then I end up being not a great employee. In some ways I may be, I may be on superficial level, or on some levels I, I may excel, but in the eternal sense I'm going to come short. Does that, does that make sense? Um, so yeah, this morning I, I want us to just you know, we're still in January. We're picking up speed for the year. For us to just take a moment of sobering, soberly looking at our lives and saying, Lord, what is it that I am? Who is it that I am devoted to? And if there's something there that's, that's not godly, or if there's something there that needs to be put back in place, I want to just, I feel that there's grace for us this morning. Say, so God, I, I repent of. In my pursuit of honoring you in my marriage, I've, I've put my marriage before you. In my pursuit of being a godly dad, I've, in some ways, I've actually put my children above you. I, I'm sorry. I really feel there's a grace for that this morning. I just want to read from Isaiah 6. This one. In the year that King Isaiah died, died I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. And I just wanted to, I want us to paint a picture for ourselves of all the things that we can devote ourselves to, of all the things out there that we can worship and devote ourselves to, who is really worthy. Actually, let's just pause before we read that. Let's just look at this concept of being worthy. Who is worthy? Who is worthy of our lives being laid down? What is worthy of that? There's this uh, thing that happened to David when he was still not king yet. I'm going to read it. This is Yaku's paraphrase version, okay? This is just a very brief story. But they're in the cave hiding from Saul. They're in a battle. He doesn't want to kill Saul because he's res- you know, respecting his authority, everything. <coughs> Which makes it very difficult because you have to kind of just avoid Anyway, so they're in the cave, and I think as far as I remember it, he just mentioned this in passing. He says, oh, a nice cold drink of water would be great now. You know? But he just expressed the need for something to drink. So two of his guys decide they're going to risk their lives to go and fetch him some fresh water. So they go through the enemy lines. 
They fight themselves through the enemy lines. They risk their lives. They find something for him. They find water. They bring it back again through the enemy lines, through the, the armies, and they bring it to David. Okay, that, that's next level. I don't know about you, but if friends like that or people that lay their lives on a line so that you can have something cold to drink, that's hectic. Okay. But now David catches something. He, he, he recognizes that this kind of sacrifice, there's only one person that's worthy of that. And that's not him. So he explains to them, he's like, oh, I can't accept this. There's only one that's worthy. And he pours it out. I don't know, I would have been a bit miffy if I was the guy, you know, that just risked my life. But David catches this and he explains it to the guys. He says, guys, I, I really appreciate this, but, but I am not worthy. There's only one who is worthy. Are you with me? So that's kind of gives us a bit of an understanding of what it means to be worthy, that David realizes he's not worthy. He's a great guy. He's a godly leader. He had some issues. But he got this thing. He says, I'm not worthy. But God is worthy. And he pours it out as a sacrifice to God. Let's just keep that in our back of our minds. And as we read this scripture, I want us just to trust the Holy Spirit to, to lift up our eyes at the beginning of this year, to look to the King of glory. And to recognize that only he is worthy. Amen. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, angels. Each, each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And you see, there's only two of them that are used for, for activity. The two-thirds are used for devotion to God. And one called to another and said, The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the, uh, the, foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, this is Isaiah, woe is me, for I'm lost, I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah was not a backslidden guy, he was a believer, he was a prophet, okay. But this is his response when he sees the glory of God. But he recognizes that he's unclean lips. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin atoned for. You see that response. He says, Lord, I've, I can't be in your presence. And then the Lord makes a way for him to be in his presence. You see that? As he has made a way for us. Through the blood of Jesus. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And then I said, Here I am. Send me. And he said, Go. And he continues. I, I love this response. First, he recognizes, This is too much. 
I can't be in this space. <laughs> I'm sinful. I'm just a human. I cannot live in the presence of God. We are, without the blood of Jesus, we cannot be in the presence of God. Amen? And then he makes a way for him, just as he made a way for us through the blood of Jesus. All right? So then, but can you see how powerful this is? That Then immediately there's a response of, you are worthy, Lord. Whatever is needed, I will give my life for that. That's the response. God says, who, who will go? Who shall we send? And for Isaiah, he realizes there's one that's worthy for me to lay my life down. If you read through his life story, whatever you, stuff he was up to, it's hectic. Things that he did in the name of the Lord, things that he, stuff the Lord asked him to do. In, I, th- I feel this is, was one of those defining moments in his life where he said, Lord, you are worthy. I will go. And that's what I'm trusting for us this morning. That we will look to him. That we will recognize there's only one that's worthy. I'm not, and that we would choose. And that this is the thing. If, if we don't choose, we go default. <laughs> we just drift. That, that we would be deliberate as a congregation, as individuals. To say, me and my family, we serve the Lord. In my house, there's only one that's worthy. And we will not lift anything above him. Amen. Like I'm preaching at myself. Because this kind of thing affects everything. It affects my budget. It affects how I spend time. It affects the way I treat my children and my wife. I say to my children, I want to spend time with you now. But I'm first going to spend time with Christ. Or there's this thing that's really important. Yes, it's great, but in our house, we, this is more important. Can you see that our devotion to Christ, and if He's the one that our lives are being devoted to, there's, there's a cost as well. And it's something that is reflected in everything we do, in everything we say. Our devotion to Him and our consecration to Him. I also read Psalm 148. Excuse me. One second. Have I got any tissue stuck in my beard? Oh, fine. Okay. It's a blessing, these mute buttons, eh? Praise the Lord. Okay. 148. Praise the Lord. Let's list. Put this, get this picture in our minds that He is the one that's worthy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun, moon, and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, your highest heavens and, the, and your waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. He commanded that they were created, and He established them forever and ever. He gave a decree, and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth. You great sea creatures, creatures and all the deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord. His name alone 
is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. There's no one else worthy. There's no one else. All of creation will bring him glory. Amen. And we can choose to, along with creation, to lift up his name. He alone is worthy. He alone has conquered death. Amen. He alone has paid the price. He alone. There's only one God that has given his life, that we can have life. There's only one God that has spoken all that we can see, every call of creation into being. And there's only one God that through his power holds all of the universe in his hand. There's only one. He's only one that's worthy. There's only one that's worthy of us laying our lives down for him. Amen. Psalm 86, to close, verse 11 to 13. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. He's delivered us. I mean, he's paid the price for us. And can you see how, I think this is David writing, he recognizes that our hearts are, always, are not always on the same page, you know, or different parts of who we are. You know, we, we, our, our loyalties get divided and we go all over the place sometimes. But he says, Lord, unite my heart. Odd prayer, but I can relate to him. Lord, let me worship you with all my heart. I don't want some bits doing other things. <laughs> Amen. Because you're worthy of all my worship, all my heart. And then he actually goes, give thanks to the Lord my God with my whole heart. So he recognizes that sometimes our hearts are all over the place. That's a good prayer. Lord, unite my heart to fear your name. That I'm with my whole heart, might glorify you and worship you and devote myself to you with my whole heart. Amen. Yeah, so this morning, this is not a deep new revelation, but I believe God is inviting us to choose. He's inviting us to, to say, Lord, this is my desire. To acknowledge that I can't do it on my own strength. I mean, that I need His power. I need His strength. I need the Spirit of God. I need community around me. I need brothers and sisters that can walk this path with me. Amen. This is not something that ought to be, to, to worship Him and devoted to Him with our whole hearts. It, it needs support. It needs a family, right? It needs a community. And I, I just hold this invitation before us this morning. That we can again say, Lord, everything else is second. You are worthy. Are you with me? I just want us to take a moment to respond. So if you could stand with me, please.
Yeah, there's this very challenging scripture. It's just, I think it's just before what Anton said. <laughs> but Jesus says to his disciples, <clears throat> if you don't, sorry, if you don't hate your brother and sister, and it goes like, for my name's sake. Yeah, people get upset. Eh? And then uh, half the guys, more than half left. They say, okay, no, this is what we can't do. Or a bunch of people leave. And then another time it says, well, if you can't eat my flesh and drink my blood, ech, and then the rest of the guys leave. Anyway, it's just very offensive. But the, what Jesus is saying is he's saying that everything else, all the other things that are important in our lives, pale into insignificance when compared to our devotion to Christ. It's not saying everything else is not important or you shouldn't love your family. It doesn't say that. It's saying in comparison to your devotion to Christ, this, it looks like this. Amen? So the invitation I believe this morning is to just to be honest with God. I'm not going to call you forward because I think we're going to run out of space. I think this is for everybody. Amen? For us to say, Lord, I realize there's stuff in my heart that that are out of, not in the right place. And I want to again to this morning say, Lord, you are worthy alone of my devotion, of my whole heart. Amen. So let's just do this. Let's, instead of going forward, let's raise our hands. If you feel you want to do this this morning, you want to take a stand and you want to just anew in January year and this year to say, Lord, with unite my heart to fear your name that my devotion might be in a way that it's worthy of who you are amen so if that's you and you want to respond just where you stand just raise your hands we're just going to pray it's going to bring our hearts to him okay hallelujah father you see every heart you see every life You know where each one of us has been. You know our circumstance. You know our situation. And this morning, I thank you that you see our hearts, Lord. Lord, we, we ask for your forgiveness. We're sorry, God, for every time we have, in some way or another, put something above you, Lord, where we have exalted something or someone higher than, than you are in our lives, Lord. And we ask for your forgiveness, Lord. In Jesus' name. And right now, our prayer is, Lord, that you would reunite our hearts again to fear your name, to adore you, to be devoted to you, and to worship you, Lord, as only you are worthy. Nothing else. No one else. At the same time, we, we recognize, Lord, that we need your, the power of your Spirit to live this way, Lord. So we thank you for your Spirit. We thank you for your power. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. Just where you're standing, why don't you just speak to the Lord just for a moment, just in your own words.
If you need to lay something down, do that. If you need to just exalt Him again, do that. If you need to just express your adoration, please do that. Just take a minute or so. claim this morning there's no one else and we open the, the gates of this place in the spirit of our lives and our families of our city we proclaim open up the gates and let the king of glory come and reign king of glory there's no one else worthy king of glory come and be exalted king of glory come and reign King of glory, come and be enthroned. King of glory, come. Let your glory fill everything. Come and shake our city with your glory, Lord. Come and shake our nation to the foundations with your beauty and your glory and your love and your presence. Come, Lord, in our lives. Your kingdom come, Lord. In Jesus' name. You alone are worthy for us to bring our lives as a sacrifice to be poured out for your glory, Jesus. There's no one else. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.org.